you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. I have a very interesting guest today. Her name is Tori. And she is an internationally recognized money and career expert. After saving 100000 at age 25, Tori quit her corporate job in marketing and found her first 100 k to fight financial inequality by giving women actionable resources to better their money. She has helped over 1 million women to negotiate salary, pay off debt, build savings, and invest. She has been featured in Good Morning America, New York Times, BBC, People, CNN, New York Magazine, Forbes, CNBC, BuzzFeed, and more. So in this episode, my guest and I will be talking about how to invest, how to negotiate your salary, how to get out of debt, how to refinance student loans, or should you refinance your student loans, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Tori. Welcome to Not Basic Blonde Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being my guest and sharing your expertise with us. We would love to know more about you. So would you please tell our listeners about yourself, your career? Sure. So I was lucky enough to have a financial education for my parents. I was lucky enough to have financial guidance and advice around saving, around staying out of debt around negotiating my salary. And I grew up just kind of thinking that was the norm. And only when I graduated college and in college did I start to realize that unfortunately uh, we're at a severe disadvantage when it comes to financial education, especially as women. And that, you know, I had, I had a financial education and that was a privilege. And so with that privilege came a responsibility to educate women about money. I don't think we have any sort of equality for women or any other marginalized group until we have financial equality. So my work at Her First 100K is as a money speaker and educator. So I teach women how to pay off debt, how to save money, invest, negotiate their salaries, start online businesses. And we are a community of over a million and a half at Her First 100K. So we have, yeah, there's this nation or really global movement now of women fighting the patriarchy by getting rich. I love what you do. And definitely we don't have enough education about money. And I was lucky enough as well when I was like teenager to learn about money and how to 
spend it wisely and properly because I always, you know, had bought myself a car and house and all that. So I knew how to not waste it, <laughs> but I know it's like not enough education around. And I'm so glad that you're in this movement and what do you do? And how did you start your career? Like, what was your success story? Uh, well, I had I had a job in marketing. So I went to school for communication and theater. I didn't study finance. I didn't really even study business and uh, thought that, okay, I was going to, I was going to climb through the ranks. And my goal was to be VP of marketing by, by 30 at some company. And I got into my first corporate job in marketing and just didn't love it almost immediately. I was like, Oh, corporate's not going to be for me forever. Like I knew that very early on. And so I graduated college in May of 2016 Trump got elected in November of 2016, obviously. And then I started my business in December and um, it just kind of grew from there. So it was a side hustle for, for uh, over three years. And so I was running her first hundred K on the side of my nine to five in social media marketing. Um, and I was able to quit my job in late 2019, take it full time. And 2020 was my first year of full-time entrepreneurship and our business has just kind of blown up since then. So it's been a really, really wild and crazy ride. That's amazing. What's, in your opinion, the best way to grow your wealth? Investing is definitely one of the biggest ways. So women, unfortunately, are told that investing is just not for them. We're just told investing is not for us, right? It's it's something that you know dudes handle and it's intimidating. And actually, the number one reason women don't invest is fear. Fear of getting started, fear of doing it incorrectly. So I really focus a lot of my work on teaching women how to invest. So one of the best ways to do that is through a tax advantage retirement account, like a 401k or an IRA tax advantage simply means that the government is incentivizing you to save for retirement by offering you tax breaks. So they're like, Hey, we'll give you some tax breaks. Just start saving for your retirement, right? They're trying to get you motivated to do that. So starting to invest that way is one of the best ways to grow your wealth. Um, you know, I'm 26 and I it will have six over $6 million by the time I retire, even if I never save another penny, just because I got started investing so early. I started when I was 22. So investing, when it comes to investing, it's more important uh, to have a lot of time or have as much time as possible rather than the amount of money. I think there's this common misconception that you have to have you know millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars to get started investing. You don't. You can start with a couple hundred dollars and a couple hundred dollars in 10, 20, 30 years will exponentially grow. So it's really about the amount of time rather than the amount of money. So it's important that you don't wait to start investing, that you get started as soon as you can. Oh, this is very interesting because people think, oh, 25 years, I have to invest to like actually receive something and, you know, to actually have some kind of great amount of money on my account, you know, but yeah, like you said, time, it's actually important too. But where else should women invest more? In stocks? Do you believe in stocks? Yeah. So investing in the stock market through these tax advantage retirement accounts means that you can invest in, in stocks or bonds. So the two basic things you can invest in on the, on the stock market, right, are stocks and bonds. Stocks are tiny little slivers of companies, right? So if you own a share of Amazon stock, granted, it's like owning a grain of sand on Bezos's beach, but you own a little bit of Amazon, right? 
And bonds are either the debt of a company or government, meaning that you know, if you're invested in bonds, you are the person who's who's giving a loan and you're making money off the interest. So um, when it comes to investing in the stock market, right, investing through these tax advantage retirement accounts, you really have to figure out what is your risk tolerance, meaning, you know, how aggressive do you want to be? How risk aware are you in terms of, you know, what you want to invest in? And there's ways to help mitigate that risk. So something like a mutual fund, right? A mutual fund, ETFs, index funds. We've probably heard of a lot of these words. These are just basically groups of stocks. So you have, instead of these individual stocks, you know, Amazon or Tesla or Shopify or Bumble, you have the, you know, a group of stocks. So it helps mitigate that risk. It helps diversify it, meaning that you're not putting all your eggs in one basket, right? You're not putting all of your eggs in Tesla's basket. So it's the, one of the one of the good ways to you know still reap the benefits of the stock market while also helping mitigate some of that risk because you are investing in a bunch of different companies rather than just a handful. Oh, I see. This is very interesting. I like that. And what do you think about credit cards and credit card debt, which are so many millennials are in, and I mean just the whole America, I guess. Yeah, credit card debt is one of those things. I think. The average American, I think, has a couple thousand dollars of credit card debt. So most most people are in some sort of debt, uh, you know, especially around consumer debt, credit cards. Credit cards are one of those things. I, I like to say they're like a knife, right? They they can be an amazing tool, right? You can cut vegetables. They can also hurt you, right? So it's really important that when you are, you know, using credit cards, that you're using them responsibly, meaning that you're paying your bills on time and in full. You're not carrying a balance. That's a common myth I hear from people. Uh, there, there's this myth that gets perpetuated that carrying a balance, meaning not paying off your credit cards in full, actually helps your credit score. And that is a complete myth. It's actually one of the most damaging things you can do for your financial health is taking on debt because that's what you're doing when you don't pay your credit cards off, right? When you when you don't pay them in full, you are then in debt to that credit card company. So I actually only use credit cards. I don't even own a debit card. Uh, because I use them responsibly, I use my credit cards as if they were debit cards. So I can take advantage of, you know, getting points or getting miles, but that's a strategy that's again, only, only beneficial if you can use those credit cards responsibly in terms of paying off debt. It's really, it's really important to focus on, in my opinion, the one with the highest interest. So if you have a couple credit cards with debt on them, find the one that has the highest percent interest because that one's costing you the most money and then work to pay that one off first. I love how you explain it because yeah, so many people use credit cards into their, this. I mean, actually they don't use it in their advantage, but you actually can use it because there are so many perks from credit cards, but as long as you use it wisely, it's definitely can help you and you can get so many great things like cash back and points and all that. Right. In your opinion, how do you transform your relationship with money? I think it really uh, ends up starting at, uh, you know, developing a relationship with mindful spending and with mindfulness. The vast majority of our money habits are actually cemented by age seven, which is hard to believe. So the majority of the way we view money in our lives and in our relationships and, you know, throughout our careers is actually largely cemented by the time, you know, we're in second grade. So as soon as you realize that it's kind of a nice, it it, it kind of helps you take some of the pressure off yourself. I think we unfortunately shame ourselves a lot when it comes to money, as well as a lot of the people who are speaking about money are unfortunately doing so from a very judgmental or shame-based place. 
So it's, it's one of the best things you can do to kind of let yourself off the hook, give yourself some grace and to understand what is, what is your kind of psychological holdups around money, right? And especially if you know that your relationship with money started when you were so young, it probably has a lot to do with how your parents managed money. And so one of the best ways to start transforming your money is becoming more mindful. You know, why am I spending money on this thing? And do I actually like the things I spend my money on? You know, how do I use money to better my life and to get one step closer to my goals? You know, if my goal is to travel, okay, how do I use money as a tool in order to be able to do that? Right. Or if my goal is to be able to quit my job and start a business or have kids or, you know, buy a house, right. How do I use money as a tool to get there? And a lot of it just starts at the root of like, how did you start your relationship with money? How, how is your brain operating in terms of thinking about money? Is it abundance or is it scarcity? Is it shame or is it grace, right? These are the things that we really want to consider when we're trying to transform any relationship, right? You're trying to transform your relationship with your partner or with your friend or with your family, right? You're trying to get to the root of these issues. And it's the same thing with money. Yeah, I agree. I think our money habits do get developed at the early age and it depends totally on our parents, how they spend money. And I know so many people struggle with it later on because they have scarcity mindset because their parents told them they can't buy or they can't have something sometimes and, you know, developed bad habits for them. So do you know, like in your opinion, how do you overcome scarcity mindset? I mean, it's something that is, you know, uh, it's a lot of work. It'll take a while, you know, and it's something that you constantly have to work even, you know, when you're on quote unquote, the other side of it, it's something you'll have to work on pretty much every day, but a lot of scarcity mindset, you know, I'm speaking as a white person too. There's a lot of privilege just in, in the fact that, you know, my parents weren't well off, but, you know, they provided for me very much and they made, you know, financial decisions that were going to benefit me and give me the opportunity to, to move up in the world, you know, and that, that was a huge privilege. And so there's a lot of, you know, a scarcity mindset that I will never experience just because I have, you know, a a certain background. I, I am white. I am cisgendered. I have, uh, you know, middle-class parents. And so, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of that scarcity mindset that I, I will never deal with, you know, I, in a lot of my work with women of color clients, there's so much, there's so, there's so much there just in terms of like, not only, you know, personal finance and, and working to better your money, but also, um, systemic oppression. Right. And I think that unfortunately, when we talk about money, we're not talking about both of those things and we need to, right. So when we're talking about a scarcity mindset, it's also not just your mindset that you can hopefully work to change. It's also, what are the systems that we're existing in continue to disenfranchise women, people of color, LGBTQ, uh, differently abled people, right. All of these people of, of various marginalized groups. So I think that when we have to, or when we talk about money, we have to talk about both. We have to talk about not only your choices or your mindset or how to better your money through your own actions, but also how do we build a more equitable society that can help support these decisions? Um, because, you know, if, if you don't have a lot of money at your disposal, it's hard, it's hard to build wealth, right? Even if you're making smart financial choices with the amount of money you do have, if you are not making enough money, or if you don't have a support system, or if you know, you're constantly being disenfranchised at work or, or, um, it's just, it's hard to be able to, to 
change your financial foundation. So again, it all comes back to offering yourself grace and, and figuring out what is in your control and, and what isn't. And the things that aren't, we work at a, at a more, um, again, systemic level to change. We, we vote, we donate, we protest, we have conversations about how money affects us differently. And so again, that's one of the biggest, the biggest missions of my company is it's not only important to learn how to make good financial choices as individuals, but how do we see those as forms of protest? How do we see those as ways of, you know, mitigating these wealth gaps uh, and, and hopefully growing towards a more equitable society? Right. I love what you do. I, I love what you guys support. Thank you. Yeah. The best strategies to grow an online business. I know you built a very successful online business. So what are your best strategies? Yeah. Um, the number one thing I live by in my business is serve before you sell. That's the number one thing. So before you try to get anybody to buy anything, before you ask your customer to do anything, right, you need to serve them, meaning that you're going to provide value you're giving them advice or guidance, you're building your trust with them, you're building your own credibility. And then, you know, can you sell, right? Then can you ask them of, you know, to do something for you, right? The primary goal is to build trust, build a relationship, to serve them, to provide value before you sell. And I see way too many people do the opposite. They're thinking like, oh, if I, if I sell my products, that will build my community, right? If I talk about the things I sell, if I promote myself, if I promote my business, people will buy the thing and then they will come and follow me. And the exact opposite is true. You have to work to grow that community to, you know, organically and authentically build relationships with people and really, again, give value so that when you do ask them, you know, Hey, can you buy my product? Can you support my service? They're more likely to do it because they already know that you provide value. They already know that you're worth the money that you're asking for. So I think when you're building any sort of business, but especially an online one serving before you sell is, is the big ethos that, that I have, I've always kept in mind, even to today and something that I, I recommend for all entrepreneurs. Yeah, I agree with you. It's like, you have to give out something before you ask people to buy it and you provide a lot of value. And then people, of course, want to pay you for it because they know you offer a lot. Most of the women are having always trouble with it. But the most effective negotiation techniques, in your opinion, what are they? Yeah, I think one of the biggest, the biggest things that I see and that I felt for a really long time when I negotiated is that negotiations are fights, right? They're arguments, they're conflicts. You got to unsheath your sword and you got to put on your boxing gloves and you got to fight to the death to get what you want, right? And that's not a negotiation. Again, that's a conflict or a fight. And the biggest mindset switch that I use with negotiation coaching clients is I tell them that negotiations are collaborations, not conflicts. You and your boss or potential boss or you know your client or whomever you're negotiating with this is not your enemy. This is not the person on the opposite side of the table, right? You are on the same team. You are on the same team trying to solve a problem. And the problem is you're not being compensated fairly, right? You are working in tandem. You are working collaboratively with this person. And that's what a negotiation is. It's not a fight. It's not a conflict. It's not an argument. You're just working in tandem with this person to solve a problem. And that is a huge mindset switch between thinking, 
um, you know, again, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go in and be really aggressive or really, really fight for what I want. And it's like, no, you can show up as, you know, kind of a team player and as someone who's going to make this decision or, or have this conversation collaboratively. And if you are the person who's on the other, uh, or the, on the other side of it, who is being negotiated with, right. That's, that's a really great thing to bring into negotiations too, is knowing that this other person's probably super nervous and, you know, uh, offering them, offering them that, that again, that grace, right. And, and saying like, okay, we're just going to have a conversation. It doesn't have to be anything more stressful than that. Yeah. I love how you explain it. It's not a conflict, but because most of us think, oh, negotiations, it's a conflict and you have to like, you know, really get to your point and you have to fight to your point. But if you think about it as collaboration, then it changes the whole perspective of it. When it goes in, you go in much more positive, right? You go in much more excited to figure something out rather than dreading it, right? Rather than being like, oh gosh, this is going to be the worst conversation ever. Instead, it's, you know, it hopefully should be like, okay, we're just, we're going to figure this out together, you know? Yeah, exactly. And what is shockingly simple savings secret? Automate your savings. Set up an automatic transfer from your checking account to your savings account. This is what we call in the industry paying yourself first. It's one of the best ways to grow your wealth without even thinking about it because you are, again, paying yourself first. You're putting your money in savings before you even pay your rent, before you pay your groceries. You're doing it first. So that's one of the ways I've been able to save you know, all my money. And one of the biggest tips I give to clients and to you know folks in my workshops is, set up an automatic transfer, have the money in your savings or have the money go into your savings without you even thinking about it rather than waiting till the end of the month to save. Because if you wait to the end of the month to save, suddenly you have no money to save, right? You've spent it all. So that's one of the best tips is just set up an automatic transfer, have it run on autopilot, do the hard thing first, which is putting your money in savings. Yeah, that's a great strategy. Totally like automate your savings. Totally makes sense. Student loans, so many of us like have I mean, I don't, luckily I didn't have them because I worked full-time and studied full-time when I was in school, but I know so many of my friends have student loans and it's huge pain for them. Do you have any advice about student loans and how to refinance them? Yeah. I mean, some, some, sometimes it makes sense to refinance. Sometimes it doesn't. If you have a federal loan, meaning right, it's from the government, it's not a private student loan refinancing might not be the best option because if you refinance your federal loans, then they become private. So any like loan forgiveness that might potentially happen, right? We're, we're getting more and more discussions around, you know, President Biden's plan for student loan forgiveness. So if you have federal loans and you refinance, that could be beneficial for you in the short term, right? Maybe you have a smaller interest rate or something like that, but Typically what happens, right, is if you take those federal loans and you refinance them, they turn into private loans, meaning that you are no longer eligible for student loan forgiveness. So that is something to consider if you're going to refinance. If you have private student loans or, uh, yeah, if you have private student loans through, you know, another company, not through the federal government, refinancing might, you know, might be a good option just because you're going from another private student loan provider to another. So if it, you know, offers a better interest rate or a better payoff period, that might make sense. Um, so it's really important that whenever you're thinking about refinancing any sort of loan to really do your research, make sure it actually benefits you as opposed to just thinking like, oh yeah, it's a smaller interest rate. That seems great. Really make sure that it actually, the math works and that it actually benefits you based on your other financial goals too. Oh, I see. That's a great advice. And I know you also offer so many courses. We would love to know more. 
which courses do you offer and yeah um so i offer one-on-one coaching i offer uh like you said uh three different courses my back to basics course is my most popular it's my signature course it is less than a hundred dollars and it's basically personal finance 101 so it's what accounts should i have how do i stop emotionally spending how do i get a budget together what is a 401k what is an ira so it's at you know very basic level and that is my most popular kind of my signature course So that's back to basics. I also offer idea to income, which is uh, a course all about how to start and grow a side hustle. Even if you don't know what you want to do, you know, you want a side hustle, but you don't know what it should be. That's a great course. And then we also have what's called navigating the negotiation. It's my signature method for negotiating your salary with the exact scripts you need um, to ask what to do if they say no, exactly how to answer a lot of the common salary questions you get asked in a job interview. So all of these are information, you know, have information in them that you're going to use literally for the rest of your life. All of my courses, you get the, you get the information forever. So you can come back and look when, whenever you want and consume it at whatever pace you want. Um, and all of, all of the ways to work with me are available at herfirst100k.com slash products. Right. And what is your Instagram and where can our listeners find you? Yeah, I am at her first hundred K and all the socials, H E R F I R S T one zero zero K. And like I said, uh, we have a, we have a community, uh, on social media. That's, that's just so active and amazing primarily on TikTok and Instagram. So we have over a million and a half on TikTok, um, and another about 170, 180,000 over on Instagram. Nice. Yeah. I found you on TikTok. I loved what you do and I, I've seen you for a long time, like your videos and everything. Amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tori. It was my pleasure. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.